Welcome to another episode of Buckets and Breakdowns presented to you by Ball is Life. Um, we got a special one here, a special player, a winner, all three levels, high school, college, NBA, overseas, you know, straight champion, glue guy to the team, a leader, high IQ player, point guard, floor general, Man, utility guy, anything you need to get the job done. Clutch, we're going to talk about how clutch he is in a second. Mr. Mario Chalmers, thanks for joining me, man. Problem, no problem. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, where you at right now? I'm out here in Tesla, Mickey, Greece, playing for a team called Aris. Really, really? How's it going? Uh, seen better day. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's not, it's not too bad. Um, you know, we had, we dealt with some injuries earlier from our big man and uh, kind of set us back. But, you know, we, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to got a young team to, to try to figure it out day by day. That's what's up, man. You know, uh, I want to talk about your journey, man. Um, you know, you started out, first off, where you from? Alaska. You know, it's a couple guys that came out of Alaska. You got Trajan Langdon. You got Carlos Boozer, my guy. Um Man, talk about the scene out there. I, you know, a basketball scene in Alaska, man. What's that about? Uh, you know, it was very slept on for me growing up. Uh, you know, not a lot of people really believed in Alaska basketball just because, you know, we didn't really have a lot of big names. And, mm -hmm. you know, the big names we did have, um, you know, they paved the way for us. You know, especially Trey, who was, you know, probably one of the first ones to even make it professional um, just out of Alaska, period. So, um, you know, I always take my hats off to those guys. I'm still very close to Trajan and Boozer. You know, those are two mentors for me growing up. So, for me, I just try to stay in the gym as much as possible. Um, you know, the, last, the competition in Alaska was decent. Uh, I'm not going to say it was the best of the best, but, mm -hmm. you know, it was decent. But we had a lot of people that played basketball. So, you get um, different different variations of basketball. I mean, like, you know, you're a hooper. You know, New York people have their different swag. Mm -hmm. Chicago people have their different swag, you know. So, we was getting all of that in Alaska. So just for me, that was able for me just to take different different things um, just from different players that I watched growing up and, and be able to apply to my game. So when I went to the lower 48, um, I was able to compete with those guys and really hold my own, really stand out. And, um, you know, that was the biggest thing for me, um, just try to make it out of, out of Alaska and try to put Alaska on the map, keep it going. So you went to Barlett High School, right? It's mm -hmm. where it started, where you starting to get these yeah. accolades, right? Uh, what three-time Mr. Basketball Award, three-time yeah, state, yeah, like, two two state champion, yeah, two-time. So, and then you are All-American. Like, take us back through those days. Like, you know, as you were starting to receive some notoriety, and you know, you started to kind of, you know, feel like, hey, I'm up. I'm. I gotta. I gotta keep this going. You know, what was that like? What were those days like? Um, you know, truth be told, I never felt like I was up. Just from just. From growing up in Alaska, you know, a lot of people will say like, oh, you're not going to make it. You know, you're just going to be one of those good players that's in Alaska and never make it out. So um, I had a lot of doubters for me. So for me, that was always the chip on my shoulder every time I stepped outside of Alaska was, OK, I'm going to prove people at home wrong that I can hang with these guys and put Alaska on the map and show people that, you know, we actually do got some hoopers in Alaska. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, that was the biggest thing for me is. I think that's what kept me so humbled and, and never thought like, oh, I've arrived or like, you know, I'm, I'm this type of player, I'm that type of player. But, you know, I've definitely had moments. I'm not going to say that just from 
you know, being a McDonald's All-American, going to ABCD camps, um, getting invited to Nike camp, um, all the college letters being wanted by every college in pretty much America. So, um, like, I knew what I was capable of. I knew the type of success I had, but I just never let it go to my head because I know, um, I know the other side of that, what can happen. For sure. And, you know, um, I got a chance to meet your dad. Um, and he seems like he's very involved in, in your career. Um, how was that bond growing up as you were, you know, working uh, to get better every day? Um, how were, what pushed you, like, how much did he help you along the way in those early days? Um, he definitely helped me a lot. I would say that, um, you know, just be able to push me and, you know, have that basketball mind of him being a coach and teaching me the game and like really teaching me the game and how to play the game and, you know, how to play the game within the game. So that was the biggest thing that kind of accelerated my mind on the basketball court was being able to see different things and being able to break down things before they actually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what coaches do. You know, you're a coach, so you see yeah. it. you seen them in, in the room watching film. You're like, yo, why are you watching so much film? Mm-hmm. And like, oh, come in, come sit down, let me show you something. And boom, you'll point out something, you'll be like, oh, like, oh, I never knew that. And then it just stuck with me. Like, it just helped me carry on and seeing on the court, just being able to make different reads. So that was definitely one of the questions I wanted to ask you about, you know, when you're watching film, you know, any level, uh, what are some of the main things that you look at and what is something that you would say early on that you took from film that you were able to add into your game that made you a successful point guard? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I hate watching film because I hate (laughs) the way I watch film. And it's like, what I mean by that is like, I watch film and I'm always looking for the next play instead of watching what's happening right then and there. So I'll have to rewind it like, oh, okay, it was that, boom, we supposed to roll, pop, boom, boom, boom. So it takes me forever to really watch film, but just watching it, um, you know, how the saying goes, film never lies. You know, you want to you wanna be the best of the best or be the better, best of yourself. You got to watch yourself on film and see, you know, what plays you take off, what what possessions you miss or what assignments you mess up. Because, you know, nobody plays a perfect game. Um, even if you try to play a perfect game, you're going to have one mistake, two mistakes. It's, it's life. So um, it's just all about mentalizing the uh, mistakes in crucial moments and just being able to lock in when you need to lock in. So, you know, we're going to get into that, the crucial moments where you always kind of rose to the occasion, the big shots and, you know, we're going to get to that as far as, you know, you, you go to high school, you get a chance to figure out what school you want to go to. You're being recruited. You chose Kansas. Uh, what was behind that? Um, <laughs> I just got to ask this question last week. But, uh, <laughs> you know, truth be told, I was I was going to be a target. Um, mm, you know, word. Um, from the age of probably four or five, I wanted to be a target. And that's mm. just something. So my, I could be close to my family. Um, my favorite player growing up was Michael Jordan. So, you know, I wanted to emulate everything that, you know, pretty much he did. And I just felt like, you know, me being able to go to North Carolina and play a bunch in front of all my family um, after being in Alaska where they didn't really get to see me play in high school. So it was it was a lot of things that wanted me to go to North Carolina that led me wanting to go to North Carolina. And then when the moment actually came with the uh, Roy Williams incident, um, it just, it, it brought me to Kansas. Um, I looked other places, took other visits, um, took a visit to Arizona. Uh, I liked it, but kind of didn't like it. It wasn't for me. Um, then I went to Kansas and, you know, the thing about Kansas, it made me feel like I was back at home in Alaska. Um, yeah. just the way the players welcomed me in from Aaron Miles to Keith to, um, Coach Self, um, just everybody around there was like, oh, okay, like you're the next 
you're the next one. You're the next mm. one that's going to come in here and make a difference. And, you know, just having that that support system right there, just off day one, just from a visit, um, that was it for me. That's all I needed. And that's what really pushed me to the next, I mean, pushed me to want to go there. Right. So, like you mentioned, it had a lot of similarities to uh, uh, out there in Alaska. You know, what was it? Not much to do? Just straight to the gym? Like, <laughs> not much to do at all. Straight to basketball. Uh, Go to class and that's it. You know, you hang out with your teammates. It, it, it really keeps you focused. And that was the main thing about me. It was something that keep me focused and keep me going to get to the next level where I really wanted to go. Right, right. So, you know, when you were there, you know, uh, you were defensive player of the year, right? Co-defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what 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 led to that? What, what made you uh, lock in so much on defense? Um, really, really, it was like when I first got to Kansas, you know, my freshman year, I had a I had a rough beginning to my freshman year. And just because, like I said, I let it I let it go to my head of, of what I was doing. Um, McDonald's All-American, three time player of the year, parade All-American, all types of stuff. And I'm like, OK, I'm stepping on Kansas on the campus at Kansas. And I'm like, yeah, give me the ball. Like, Coach, Huff, give me the ball. Let me let me do what I do. Let me do what you wanted me to do in high school. Mm. So that was a thing, and I couldn't do that. Uh, better players, better defenders. So I struggled, and that was the biggest thing for me is when Coach Self actually, you know, really came to me. He was like, you know, you buy in on defense. You do you do what you do on defense, then you can do whatever you want to do on offense. You right. know, that really opened the court up for me and Russ Robb, who was my backcourt mate at the time, my point guard at the time. And, right. you know, we just caused havoc, and that was the one thing that really made me um, – Made me lock in on defense, and I owe a lot to Russ because he was one of the pressure to point guard. And I was just able to run the pass away. So, you know, he <laughs> made my he made my job a lot easier than uh, than what it looked. So I take my hat off to him all the time. Right, right. So you know, you also got all the way to the finals NCAA tournament, win the championship, right? But before that happens, there's some crucial moments that happen. You know, I got to get to it. Um, <laughs> D Rose is at the line. You know, mm-hmm. he has a chance to take the game up four. He comes up short at the free throw line. And, and there's a clip of you. I was watching you. You know, you you hype, like, okay, we got a chance, right? And every hooper knows I like, all we want is really just a chance, right? So, you know, play happens, uh, bobble the ball, it ends up in your hands. You make this big shot to send it back into overtime. Uh, walk us through that. Talk me through it a little bit, man. What was that element like? Um, I mean, for us, we knew the whole time that, you know, their biggest Achilles heel was they couldn't shoot free throws. So mm. um, no matter what was going on in the game, we knew we had that to fall back on. And um, at that moment where you said D. Rose um, was at the free throw line, if you go back and watch it before that first free throw, I walk past him and I say, if you miss this free throw, the game's over. Oh. So once I said that, I, he, don't, he don't say anything. He looks at me. Goes back straight face. You know, D Rose don't really say much. Right, right, right. You know, he goes back, free throw line. He misses the first one. You see me. I'm like, this yeah, one. I see. Like, okay, we're here now. So everybody knows what play we're running at the end of the game. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been running since I got to Kansas. And, you know, that's a play we practice every day. When I say every day, every day we have practice, every day we're in practice with that play. Mm. So that's, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a fast break drill. So, I mean, it's, it's natural what we're going to do. So, the thing that I think helped the most was Sharon falling, Sharon bobbling and fumbling the ball and falling like that because you see it make D-Rose stop for a second. Right. And they already, I'm pretty sure they knew the play. I mean, everybody in the world knew 
who, what mm-hmm. play we was going to run. So that that slipped and fall, that bobble, that gave me a split second to really get my momentum and get to the spot where I really wanted to go and be able to stop on the diamond. Like, if you can see, if you take it back, you see I stop on the diamond, they kind of they yeah. kind of that way and I'm able to just square up and get to right where I want to get to the hoop and I mean that's that's something we practiced and I knew exactly where I wanted to get to and I you know you know me once I get to the last second shot it's, it's cash yeah man and, and D Rose is right there you know that's that Dome. old expression good defense better oh you know what I'm saying and, and then it, it went to overtime you guys were able to you know execute down the stretch and you, and you won that championship what was that feeling like uh, you know, that was a big feeling for me. Um, you know, it was my first championship outside of Alaska, my first big championship outside of Alaska. So um, for me, you know, that was a big moment just for the, for the school, for me personally, the team, and, you know, for me sending that trophy back home, just to be like, okay, for, you know, everybody that did believe in me in Alaska, this is for us. And for everybody that didn't believe me, this is for y'all too, because at the end of the day, I'm still representing Alaska. Um, I'm still one of the people that's from there, from out of there. So, you know, everything I do, I try to represent you know, last with it. Man, that's what's up, man. And and you know, from there, you go, you go to the draft, right? You know, it's time to take that next step, make your dreams come true. How's that process getting ready for the pros after you just became a champion? They retire your jersey later on. Like, what's up with that? How is that that feeling to just get ready to go for the to the to the league? Um, I mean that that moment is, is surreal. Like you just it goes by so fast, like this workout to two days later next workout you'll be I remember one time I went from a workout in Portland to all the way across the country to a workout in Washington almost and it was mm. just like you know you, you that's what it takes to, to get to that level so I mean it's just trying to lock in as much as you can trying to get as much rest as you can and you know as a young age you know it's more excitement than anything else like you just going out straight off adrenaline Mm-hmm. the whole moment so that's that's the biggest thing it's just it's just it's quick it's quick fix yeah so like i'm on the other end of, of that um i've been on different teams lakers Cavs, on the coaching staffs and the video rooms and the hornets we crossed paths back in those days as well and uh you know we see these guys they hungry they trying to make it and you know they're going at each other man um could you remember uh, anybody where, you know, you, when you had that three on three or that one-on-one where it was just a dog fight in those pre-drafts, because some of those, those pre-draft workouts, man, are legendary that nobody outside of team personnel knows about. And man, I had some battles. Um, I remember my biggest, one of my biggest battles was versus DJ, DJ Augustine in Phoenix. That's mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, he had all the hype and I was chasing him trying to get my name up. From the uh, to because everybody for me coming out of college, everybody was skeptical if I could run a point guard or not, just because I ran a two in college. Right. That was my whole draft process of trying to prove that I could run a point guard. And you know, that matchup of him, I was able to get the best of him that day. And you know, that was my moment where I was like, okay, like, this is real. Yeah, yeah, matter of fact, um, I was working for Oklahoma City at the time. I want to say you guys <laughs> played in the Big Ten tournament. Nah, we played uh yeah, we played in the Big 12. The 12 uh, tournament, played, Big 12 uh, tournament, yeah. Was it Dallas? No, it was in was, yeah. y'all were both in the same. I don't think maybe you guys didn't play each other, but you guys are it was all in Oklahoma City. And I remember sitting there watching yeah, you guys. Uh CP came to the game. I remember Chris Paul came to the game. Yeah. And I was like, man, in that era of college, I was like, man, there's some there's some pros in here. 
You guys had about four or five pros. and uh, Yeah, we had five. Our first – our top seven actually went to the draft. Mm. Um, Two two got in through uh, G League – or what was it, D League back there, D League contracts. Right, right, right. Our our whole top seven from that championship team, they went. And then you had the following year with uh, Sharon and Cole. So, I mean, that championship team, we probably had eight. Mm. Eight, maybe nine, eight, eight for sure. Right. Cause I remember watching those games and I'm looking, I'm like, yo, they got, obviously you guys played and the Texas played. I'm like, they got KD running the five. Like, yeah, yes. yeah he was playing yeah, the yeah. five we, in college. Yeah, you know, I'm like, this is crazy. And then Augustine was just, you know, running the show. So I can see how that was a little bit of a battle. Cause even you with, uh, they had Sharon Collins and you were kind of like, and, and, and your boy Russ, like you guys are kind of like interchangeable. Uh, yeah, but that's what makes big. college so special is like, you know, you guys kind of work together and, right. and still become effective. So now I want to move on. You know, you, you go to Miami, you get drafted Miami. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do you think stood out to them uh, to make them want to select you in the draft? Man, to this day, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about that is I've never worked out for Miami. Never really? had with Miami. Never knew Miami even wanted me or anything. But I think I think the biggest thing, this is what I always say, the biggest thing that was hurting me in the draft is the biggest thing that helped me in the draft. Mm. Because playing off the ball at Kansas is showed that I can catch a shoot, I can make plays off the ball. And, you know, going to Miami is D-Wade's show. Mm-hmm. So that was perfect for it. D-Wade had the ball. Okay, you got me over here. Then you got the number two pick and Michael Beasley, who's the other person that – so I think just the way I played and how Coach Shelf played me at Kansas, I think that's what helped me solidify myself in Miami and really get to Miami and then wanted to hold on to me because, you know, I could play the one, I could play the two, um, I can guard. And that was my thing. I love defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I, that's yeah. the thing. Like sometimes we don't we don't really see it like what the coaches really see in, in, in us, you know what I mean? And, and then at the next level, what they're actually looking for. We think we know – what they want right and and I, I think that's kudos to you know coach self for putting you in a position like hey if you can defend you know you can play on a team you know you you learning how to play off the ball right, right. and and that's that's the thing I wanted to attack right you, you had all this ex- experience playing on the ball in college you had to adjust you know you had to kind of take a step back to take us two steps forward um and you go you get drafted by the heat and that whole culture you know from what I hear is just top notch, you know, the player development, obviously you're in Miami, you from Alaska. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you want to have a lot of fun if you can. But yeah, I, <laughs> I enjoyed Miami. So how are you able to block out distractions and lock in and um, kind of just continue to get better and work on your game and be effective on the floor? Um, I'll say the biggest thing for me was the vets that I had around me. Um, you know, D-Way was one of my favorite players growing up. Actually, um, the Great Alaska Shootout, which is a tournament they hold in Alaska, I'm pretty sure you know about it. Um, mm-hmm. In 2000, I think it was 2003, D-Way's last year, they came up there. And since I was the player of the year, I actually met D-Way at that time. Mm-hmm. And I told him right then and there, I said, oh, I'm going to see you on the league. I'm going to see you in the NBA. Word. And like, what the crazy thing is, the first day, the first time I was in Miami, uh, after I got drafted, he came up to me and said, He's like, I remember you. I remember that you said that to me. And I was like, 
Wow, oh, that's crazy. Manifest yeah, destiny right there. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, I take, you know, that's what I call D-Wake, my big brother. That's one of the persons, like, I look up to him. I, I owe a lot to him because he's the one that really guided me and, and molded me into the uh, NBA player to really be focused and understand, like, the business side of it and the basketball side. Mm. And, I, you know, that was that was the thing about me is I had great vets from, you know, D-Wade to Jamal McGlure to Jermaine O'Neal. Bron, CB, um, Shane Battier, so Mike Miller. Like, I had vets that's, like, quiet and conservative, like Shane Battier and Mike Miller, and then I got, you know, the superstars and Bron, D-Wade. So I got all the vets. You know, I got all types of vets. From vets that's been in the league 10 years that didn't make as much money as a vet that's been in – I mean, a superstar has been in the league five years. So, you know, that was the thing. Like, I just got not so much knowledge from all those guys, and, you know, that really helped me out. Man, that's awesome, man. And, you know, so you have your, your rookie year where you get uh, second team all league or rookie team. Um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good accolade, you know, just kind of letting people know, hey, I'm here. And, sure, you, know, so, you know what I mean? So I ain't going to say why, but I should have, I should have first team. I, I believe it. I know you ain't going to settle for second, but at the end of the day, you <laughs> I should have been up there. You know, people is is voting. It's all kinds of stuff. Who knows what that process really is? But you recognize. When I first learned about politics. Hey, hey, you know they hey. as usual. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, hey. so uh, I want to talk about also. Okay, I seen that you you were wearing number six. You had to change fifteen. You know, uh, Bron came, got the number six. Let's talk about that whole hype of Bron coming in. You know, and, and he's making these, you know, declarations or he's he's telling everybody, says we're going to win two, three, four, all of that. How did that, how excited were you? And how did you feel like, okay, when did you realize, okay, like I need to really get in the lab right now? Like what what was all that? Because, you, you know, Chris Bosh, D-Wade, yourself, like you guys had a lot of firepower, man. Bird, man, it was, go oh, ahead, yeah. break it down. First thing first. I was number six because Mark Blunt, who was on the team the, the what three years before Bron came, he was number 15. He wouldn't give me the number. So Bron was coming. Mark Blunt was a free agent and left. So 15 was wide open. So I was already switching back to 15 because that was my college. That was your number. Hey, let's clear that up now. Okay. Yeah, I want to clear that up. So he never took my number. That's It was already in transition before he even said he was got gotcha. South Beach. So that's the, that's the thing about that. Even though See, I did – that's I did get something for my number, though. I did get a little, a little special. A little stuff on the side. But see, that's what's oh, good about oh, these man. shows. You're able to kind of put things out there on the record hey, that people don't know about, you know? That's what's up. So, you know, obviously, now you're in Miami, right? You, 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 you're playing with LeBron, D-Wade, Bosh, you know, all these skills that you were able to develop along the way, uh, learning how to play off the ball in Kansas, being a point guard in high school and being able to dominate the ball, making good decisions, being a coach's son, knowing when guys are supposed to have the ball and uh, when you're supposed to find your chances to um, get your buckets and, and, and be effective. How were you able to really blend in your game with the rest of the superstars? Um, it, it definitely took a while. Um, you know, when Brian first came, I was coming off an ankle injury. I had popped four ligaments in my ankle. So, mm. you know, that whole summer the team was working out, I couldn't do anything. I was just mm. sitting there. And so I, when I finally got healthy and started actually playing with the team, it was probably late November, early December. So it took a while for that chemistry to get going. But, 
you know, they had different point guards. They brought in Mike Bibby. They brought in uh, Ray for Austin, Carlos Arroyo. So, you know, they kept trying to bring somebody in to, to, to fill that, that, that role of point guard, mm-hmm. off guard catch and shoot guy. So um, nobody really worked out. Um, and then, you know, came to that, that first finals when we played Dallas, um, I was, I was knocking down shots. I was able to defend. Um, I had a matchup of JJ Barrera most of the time. And, you know, I really was able to hold my own and, and stand out in that series, even though we lost. But I was able to show, you know, different things to Pat Riley and to, to Spo, to D Wade, to everybody that, you know, he's going to compete every night. He's going to bring it no matter what, no matter if he's scoring or if he's not scoring. He, he just wants to play basketball. And coming into that following year, you know, I had a talk with Coach Spo that summer. He was like, you know, you got to be more of a leader on this team. You know, I, I understand, like, you got D-Wade, you got Brown, you got CB, but, you know, I want you to be one of the guys that can be a voice on this team and you're going to have the ball a lot to make the plays. Not saying that you're going to be the guy to make the plays, but you're going to initiate things and get things started. So you got to be more vocal and be able to, you know, talk to them guys. And, you know, as a, as a rookie second-year player, you don't really feel comfortable yelling at a superstar at that time. Mm-hmm. Somebody you look up to, like D-Wade or LeBron or CB, kind of like, eh. Right. Yeah, you kind of more passive, like, and then it was just, you know, they would get on me, like, yo, yo, be more vocal, be more vocal. You know, tell me to go here, tell me to go here. So it was more like me having to open up and be be the person I used to be. Like in high school, I, hey, man, get over there, get over there, do that, do that, do that. And then mm-hmm. being with those guys, they usually do it. I'm in the corner ready to catch and shoot. So when the roles reversed, it was just I had to get more comfortable with it. And once I finally got more comfortable, started clicking, everything was clicking, it was like, those guys really welcomed me and brought me up to speed with them instead of like me trying to figure it out and catching up to them. And that's what really helped me out. Like Brown would take me to work out with him. Um, just different things off the court. D-Wade would do, take me to work out. I even had moments with CB, we would go work out and just try to get better and better corporations just between us two or us three or us four. And, you know, that's what really helped me was the extra work and being able, those guys being able to, to teach me. And the biggest thing for me is I learned how to listen, you know? Mm. That was the biggest thing for me is I learned how to listen and really comprehend things like that and understand them. And that's what, you know, able to help me stay in the NBA as long as I did. So uh, I have my own theory, right? Um, and you, you touched on it a little bit with the uh, Mavs, you guys losing to the Mavs in the finals. I, I have a theory that, you know, you really get that hunger once you lose together, you know, in, in the pros, I think that everybody has to feel that pain together collectively and especially the core of the team to really like almost right after that loss, like, hey, it's time to lock in. Let's get, we gonna get back. Yeah. Now, so- now the thing for me is like, I had been through that twice because like, first time was, you know, the my sophomore year at Kansas when, you know, we, at the lead eight, we played UCLA in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. And that was the worst game I ever played in my life. Like ever, seven turnovers, one for seven mm-hmm. for a field. Like, and I felt like I let the team down. So. For that summer, that whole summer going into my junior year, my goal was to get stronger because that's all he kept doing was body me, knocking me off my spot. I couldn't get there. So my thing was get stronger, get stronger, keep working on the game, but get stronger. And then coming into this one we lost to Dallas, I had to think, like, okay, what was I doing wrong? I was like, really nothing. Like, really nothing wrong. So it's not getting better at – I mean, not adding more, something to my game. It's getting better at the things that I already do. Right working on sliding your feet, working on getting over screens, working on hitting the open shot. Like, well, I used to have this drill that me and my uh, trainer used to do where I just run down the court, just run down back and forth, touching line. 
And he'll say, stop, catch a shoot, go back and run it. Because mm-hmm. if playing with those guys is not, that's what happens sometimes. You know, those guys get going, they get in a little rhythm. You don't know when you're going to shoot. You can shoot in the first quarter, you can shoot in the fourth quarter. Right. So that was the thing, like, just always being ready, always being in a little bit of rhythm. Um, and that was the biggest thing that really, you know, kept me going, kept me helping and helped me with that team. Yeah, man, that, that's a good point, man. I'm going to steal that drill, by the way. You know, I'm working with guys, and, and that makes a lot of sense. Like, a lot of guys ain't going to touch the ball and get 10, 12, 15 shots. It might be five, six, seven, but you need to make them count, you know. Right. And, I, and I think that's – You got to be efficient. Be yeah, efficient. and that drill translated. You know, you look at your highlights and your clips, you know, somebody may do something, boom, 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 you don't touch it. Now you wide open in the corner, big shot, we need it, right? right? So um, – I, 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 that's so valuable. Like, so I always hear about, I do my, my research, man. I ask a lot mm-hmm. of questions, man, as I'm doing right now, you know, I talked to Dave Fisdale and he was talking about how, you know, the core guys, they work, but like the role guys, they worked even harder, you know, before right. and after practice, like, tell us what that environment is like, um, you know, in the pros and, and you playing with these guys and being, having to be ready. Man, I tell you this, I used, I used to pretty much kill myself to, to do things like Ray Allen. Say we practice at 10, Ray at the gym at 8.30 getting shots up. Hey, Rio, come work out with me at 8.30. All right, cool. Boom, 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 get shots up. Practice. Brian, hey, hey, Rio, I'm about to go do some Pilates and uh, some extra weights. Come with me. All right, cool. Let's go do that. Finally do that. Get home. Probably about 2, 3, lay down. Hey, just D-Way. Hey, hey, Rio, let's go get some shots up like 7.30, 8. All right, cool. Let's go do that. So, like, my day was just swamp, just with work, though, like, just busy work, busy work that I enjoy with, with guys I got along with, with people that I love that knew they had my best interest. So, it was a job, but it, it made it fun. It made it like, oh, I don't need no sleep. I'm young. Okay, boom. D-Way, you want to work out? Okay, cool. Brian, you want to go do this? Okay, let's go do that. Like, we was always working out and always, like, trying to get some camaraderie or trying to bring me to their level. And that was a thing, like, like that's that's perfect for me. Like, because right. I want to learn. I want I want to be up there with you guys. I don't want to be somebody where, like, oh, Rio didn't do this. Oh, Rio didn't do that. It's Rio's fault. Oh, right. we would have this if Rio would have stepped up. It's like, nah, I don't want to be that guy. I want right. to be the guy to always count on. I might make a mistake, but that's life. But you can count on me when it's, when it's that's time. That's awesome because when, I, when you mentioned that, it, it it know they know they can count on you, but they also know like okay, he knows like Ray Allen for example, he knows where I need the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Where I make most of my shots. You the PG, right? So you know like oh Ray over there, we pick and roll. They say oh that's cash, right? Or right. you know uh, with with D Wade, same thing. He knows if I go into the paint and, and it's cluttered in there, I know Mario was right here. Boom, he can knock that down. So, and same with LeBron, you know, he may be on the ball, he may be off the ball cutting, you know, he's, he's pretty much like a, a unicorn out there, but yeah, he does whatever. yeah, but you have to be ready to compliment that. And, and, and to me, like, there's only a few guys that I can really think about, like, you know, the Derek Fishers, um, your Robert Ories that um, are always just been that guy that's ready, like a Ray Allen, those dudes, and, and they compliment everybody, you know what I'm saying? And, and, Maybe you don't get, I don't think you get enough compliments outside the game, outside the lines, but no. those that you went against and guys you play with, they know, and, and, and all the hoop community. And, you know, I just think that part of the game, like everybody wants to be LeBron and this, that, and the other, right. 
but <laughs> you you had to sacrifice a lot really to be a lot to be that to like, be uh, on a, a championship lot. team and win back-to-back championships man like talk about how you how you um basically had to accept the sacrifice you you did the work then you knew i have to get off the ball i know i'm not gonna get the shots i'm like, how do you accept that when you've been a three-time uh, uh, Mr. Basketball and all of that? Um, I mean, for me, it's a respect thing. You know, at the same time, um, you know, it's D-Wade, it's Braun, it's CB. Like, okay, these are three future Hall of Famers. It's Ray. It's four future Hall of Famers that's taking a game winner or a big shot over you. Are you okay with it? I am because I know this. All four of those guys, if you, if you ask them, if we all on the same team, who's going to take the last shot, they all will say me. They all mm-hmm. go like, going to say he's going to take the last shot. Because that's just how, that's just the person I am. So I'm okay with making the best play for, for the team. And I right. know, you know, hats off. These are four Hall of Famers. Like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So I get my moment, yes, but I know what's happening. And mm-hmm. just know them knowing that I want to take the shot, that's okay with me. Right, because if you if you do if it does come down in the game four where you get double teamed and you got to sling it to me and I can jab and go right and finish with my right hand, you know I'm gonna finish it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like I might not get it at that moment, but always in the back of their mind they know I'm somewhere where I want the ball and I'm gonna finish it if I do get the ball. Right, right. that's okay with me. And so you know I I, I work with a lot of guys too um, in pick and roll, and I, I love watching it and, and hearing point guards talk about how they handle pick and roll. Uh, you had the ultimate weapons. I would say you and maybe Rondo probably the best guys to have all the weapons you need. You got Birdman that go catch lobs, and you got Chris Bosh that can po- uh, pick and pop. He can roll to catch it. You know, you got Ray over there, you know, filling up or staying in the corner. You got LeBron cutting on the strong side, D-Way. Cutting. You got too many options. You're yeah. Too much. Yeah. Like, let's talk about pick and rolls, man, and how you're able to read and know, you know, which guys need the ball. And when you would even take your shot, like, that's that's a lot to have a lot of options. You know what I mean? Um, the thing about that is, like, Kansas was a big pick and roll program. So, you know, I had been running pick and roll since – since high school pretty much. So the difference was in high school, I was always able to get my shot. I was That was the first option for, for me to get to the shot or me to get to the basket. So as I as I went along and got on better teams, I was able to make different reads. Like, okay, if I'm coming off a screen and I split the defense, I know at Kansas, B rush is going back door on my left side every time. So mm-hmm. as soon as I get to a spot, I just know to throw it up. Or mm-hmm. I know a phase screen over here for, for B rush to go corner. And that's my other outlet. So it was just like as a team, as the better the team I, I got, the better the team got, the better my decision making had to become. Mm. And, and that was just the thing was able being able to read different things and even even reading the defense and being able to be aggressive, but still not look to score, still be able to draw him and get the out to a Burtman or or hit Ray in the deep corner on a cross court pass, like like mm-hmm. you said, for a three. So it was just as a team got better, I just had to make different reads and, and definitely learn. Um, definitely learn where guys are going to be, learn their movements, um, learn how to read the defenders on screens and just where people's going to be. So um, just for me coming off a of pick and roll, I never look at my defender. I always look at everybody else. Mm-hmm. If, if, if the screen is great, my defender shouldn't even be there. Right, right. And you know, you had 
good moments. I, obviously, I've been watching film. I started in the film room, man, and, and I still remember those clips. And I went back and looked at some old, some older stuff. And you had good pace, man. Coming off the screen, you never too fast. You know, weren't too slow. You were, and you were able to keep your dribble alive somewhat of like the Steve Nash. You kind of go under under the rim, keep your eyes up, and you were able to find people or even get your own buckets. Like, how do you develop that pace and that poise and patience to make a play and not rush into it? Um, and make the right read? Um, first off, it was an ankle injury. I couldn't go that fast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's first off. But uh, uh, just being able to not outrun the moment. And, you know, that was the biggest thing that Coach Spokes always say is don't, don't outrun the moment. Don't miss the moment. And, you know, for a split second, you're going to have that read. You're going to have that pocket pass, or it's not going to be there. So with a CB, I know it's going to be a quick pocket pass mm -hmm. early. With a Birdman, I know I can keep it. I can hang. I can keep playing with the, with the center man, see what he's going to do, and I can just throw it up and Bird's going to get it. Mm -hmm. So it was just different different things, like just learning how to read different possessions. I know different angles, spacing. Um, really, D-Wade taught me angles. And, you know, once you get an angle on somebody, it's hard, yeah. it's hard to defend them. I and believe in the angles, man, for sure. I I'm so full of believing angles. I teach my kids angles. Yep. That's the biggest thing. Once you get an angle on somebody, it's, it's hard. It's hard to defend them. It's hard to stop them. Right, right, right. So um, this is something I, I do. I mean, I was a shooter, you know what I mean? A little bit of a combo guy, but I was a shooter. And, you know, I kind of stole some stuff from like a, like a Reggie Miller, Kobe Bryant. So like, there is positions you can get into where you know that somebody's got to throw you the ball. And I felt like you were one of those guys that knew. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, I mean, hey, you know, you, when you got three superstars, four superstars, you know, they 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 get locked in on the rim sometimes. So you gotta you gotta be sort of somewhat of a distraction. So you can't. Hey, yeah. So I gotta give my shot too. What's you know all? what I'm saying? Like it could be a rotation <laughs> on the pick and roll. Your man helps out, or somebody D Way leaves his feet. He's stuck in the air. Explain that. Like, were you? Hey, how vocal were you in those moments, or did they just know you were there? Um, early on, I was very vocal about it. Um, a little bit too vocal sometimes when we kind of throw the playoffs. So, um, I just every time out, I used to be a reminder like, Hey, D Wade, I got your back. Do you ever get in trouble? Hey, Brian, I got your back. Do you ever in trouble? I'm gonna be there. Don't even worry about it. Mm -hmm. And that was just the one thing. Like, if you always see me, I'm always, I'm always creeping. Hey, I'm, and I'm that's the thing. Like, okay, okay, if you shoot it, okay, I'm, I'm first one back on defense. Because exactly. I know I'm not, I'm not going to the offensive rebound. Like, I've never – that was never my job after high school. Mm -hmm. Like, was the first one back. Not crashing. I'm always yeah. – yeah, I'm always – I'm always creeping. Oh, okay. Boom. Yeah. And that, that came that came from the drill I was teaching about. Like, I right. literally put 10 minutes on the clock and just – Keep going. And you're getting cardio. I love that. I'm still yeah. in it. That's, that's – yeah. hey, anybody working with me, we doing that drill. Hey, I'll come, I'll do it. I'll come, do it. I'll come be your instructor. That's yeah, it. man. I need you in there. And so, yeah, for sure, man. It's, you know, it's so funny. I, like, I call you the unsung hero because, like, people don't know, like, the superstars may get stuck and need to be bailed out, too. You and know, you seen Kobe kick out some passes, Ron Artest. You saw MJ threw it out to Kerr. Like, you know, and that's that's you, you know what I'm saying? And it doesn't get a lot of praise, but I always recognize that stuff because that was me. Yeah, I, I go and play at the pickup run sometime. I know I'm not getting the ball unless they have to throw it to right. me. Yeah, and if I get my opportunity, I'm going to make it. 
<laughs> That's what I'm saying. Fish, you gotta be efficient playing with them guys. Like, okay, you miss two in a row, you might not see the game for the, you might not see the ball for the next two games. So you gotta you gotta hit one of them. Facts, facts. So I'm gonna move forward from the heat days. You know, you go uh, to Memphis from there, right? Um, get an injury. How do you deal with injury? You get injured again, basically. How, how do you handle it mentally? How do you get through an injury and bouncing back? Um Mentally, I lost to this one. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I lost to this one just because, um, for me, I had, a, I had a lot riding on that season. You know, me, that was my, really my first free agent season um, away from Miami where, um, you know, and that was the moment I started coming into my own. Um, you know, Mike Conley had got hurt early that season. So um, I had really stepped in for him and became part of the grind team with, you know, Tony Allen, Zebo, and, and Mark Gasol. So, um, Coming into that spot, like, I feel like they really needed me and it was really a lot on my shoulders. So, you know, once I, I did get hurt before that, before that game in Boston, I had a meeting um, with the front office of Memphis um, and they was going to offer me a, a high contract somewhere in the rain. You know, I was going to be up there, one of the high paid players I mean, of something that, you know, we work for. And coming into that next week, um, you know, when I tore my Achilles that game in Boston, uh, I just seen everything go everything that I work for, everything that, you know, I've been blessed with. I just seen it all flash before my eyes. And, you know, that was the biggest thing of, you know, just being by myself for the first time without basketball. Like, mm. you can't move for three months. You can't do nothing. You got to sit there. Um, no team. I was a free agent. The team had let me go. So it wasn't even like – it wasn't even me coming to the locker room just to be able to talk to guys. Mm or just being at the gym, just having that atmosphere of just being able to feel welcomed or or anything like that. So for me, it was just, I was by myself, not by myself, but I was by myself without basketball. Mm. And that was like the first time of my whole Ever. career since, yeah, since I was four years old, I've always had basketball. And, you know, I took that kind of hard. Um, and, and plus with that, you know, I had four different surgeries for my, for my Achilles. Um, you know, the, my stitches wasn't reacting with my body and they kept coming out. So that's what really took me longer and longer to heal. Mm. And I mean, if you ask anybody who goes through Achilles injury, you have, you have your good days, you have your bad days, you have days that are the same. And I just had too many days that was the same consecutive where I wasn't getting better, I wasn't getting worse. And it was just like, oh, mm. man, when is this going to end? When is this going to end? And... You know, I just had to pull myself out of it. Thank God for my family. Thank God for friends like you, friends, Fizz, D-Wade. Rest in peace, Kobe. Kobe checked on me. Brian used to check on me. So um, just a lot of people that, you know, I impacted their lives and they impacted my lives. They kind of brought me out that hole and, and gave me more fight along with my kids. You know, just seeing their faces and, and like, Dad, come on, let's go do this. Okay, you know, my, my foot swell, I can't move. And they'd be like, oh, see the disappointment on their face. And I was like, Nah, I gotta get out of this. Like, I, I gotta, yeah, I gotta figure this out. Yeah, I'll put my boot on and crawl if I have to. So, um, just all of that brought me out of it, and then I was able to really, you know, get back in the grind and start feeling my foot was better, start feeling healthy about myself, and started grinding again. And then that's when I got picked up by Memphis. Yeah, man, that's awesome, man. And I, I also, you know, I'm about redemption. Keep things positive. We take a negative, turn it to a positive. You know, and uh, it takes a lot of mental toughness to be able to overcome you know some people don't bounce back and you know hopefully 
you know, you sharing your story is going to inspire the next kid or the next person that takes an injury and be able to handle it. And we also, you know, we human, you know, um, I think people look at, you know, pro basketball players as, you know, being some more than human, but like, yeah, we, we, you know, get down, get back up and, you know, like that. I told myself, I was like, I would never get hurt again. After, after I popped, after I tore my, um, ligaments in my ankle, I was like, I'll never get hurt again. Like ever. Yeah. So, so now, um, when you, you have an injury like that, now you have to take care of your body a certain way, right? You have certain muscles that need to be strengthened. You know, um, you're a veteran now, mm-hmm. um, probably taking it your body a little bit more seriously than you probably have ever done after an injury like that. Like, talk about that. Like, what, what are some of the things you do to take care of your body during that time? Maybe, you know, you go from younger to being a vet, being older, but still can, can still hoop. But right. how, talk about how important it is taking care of your body. Um, it's, it's very important. You know, everybody knows father age, father time is undefeated. So, you know, it's going to catch you eventually. And for me, like you said, at a young age, seeing D-Wade and all them guys just ice after every practice, like, man, why y'all icing? Y'all 25, 26. Like, I'm 22. I'm not icing. But it's, it's not about what's happening on now. It's prevent you for later. And that's what I didn't understand at, at a young age. So after I told my kids, that's when I kind of really started tuning into my body start figuring out what muscles I need to work, how to prevent different things and, you know, just different ways to be stronger. And, you know, that's why I started taking yoga. Um, you know, I do yoga every summer. I do more band work than actually heavy lifting just because, you know, I'm a guard. I'm, I'm not somebody that's a hot flyer. I don't need to be doing all that. I just, <laughs> right, just right. Get you off me a little bit, be able to take a contact. So uh, right now, it's just, for me, it's just more maintenance work. You know, you're going to get stronger every day just by being older at our age right now. So it's more band work, um, yoga, light lifting, and, you know, just keeping my body down, eating the right food, um, you know, I didn't cut out red meat and stuff like that. So um, that's that's the main thing for me is just, you know, trying to try, trying to be clean with my body. Right, right, right. So you you go from, from, from Memphis, you go overseas, and you win a championship, man. <laughs> That, that's what I'm talking about, the redemption, man. Like, break that down, man. Like, how that how that came about? Um, I'm not going to lie. I put an asterisk by that championship just because, really? like, you know, they was there the whole season. Um, you know, I had got there. I got there in March, and the season was over in May. So, like, I did. I will say I, I contributed to the team, but I won't say, like, oh, yeah, I won a championship. I did all this. No, I helped. I, I was a vet on a young, good team that was already on the way to being in the finals and being able to win a championship. So at that moment, it was more, it was more about the mind than actually me playing the game of basketball, just, you know, keeping those young guys' spirits up because they all looked at, oh, we got Mario Trump, a two-time NBA champion. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Like, is he going to come in here and be on, like, a bully-type big man, big big person, or is he going to be cool? And so I just came in there as a regular person. Like, I'm just here to help. Like, I'm not trying to take over mm-hmm. I don't know nothing about European basketball. So I've been in the NBA. I don't, I don't even know this team. I don't barely know anything. So it was more of a learning and being a vet for that. So, yeah, I would say I helped to win the championship. That's a value, though, bro. That's I helped. I, helped, I did the vet way. When you, win a, when you win I a championship, everybody <laughs> want a little piece. Like, okay, how can I do that? Like, if you're really a competitor, right? So right. I know what you mean. You know, maybe, like, on the floor, you probably felt like you could have did more. But, like, when you're a part of the team, like, every yeah, little bit counts. That's what I said. I was, like, I was, I was 
the mental mental part of helping win the championship. Right. Like a vet, like a real vet that's at the end of the bench, did his time. He's just, hey, you see that? Okay, cool. Good. All right. Keep playing. We're good. Yep. I feel that. That's, that's how it was for me. So so now we got to move on because this is where I come into play. You know, we, we, we moving forward. You get a phone call from me. <laughs> I had to dig in the craze. Hey, who know Rio? Who know Rio? I need his number. I need a highlighter. Yo, we talking about the big three. We talking about the big three, man. Um, you know, you had a lot of questions. Um, you know, I really wanted you to get involved. I was ho- so happy you, you got involved. You know, you were a part of a year that really raised the level of competition, uh, the respect for the big three. Uh, the talent level just went all the way up, man. You got to break down your experience with the big three, you know, with the three-headed monsters, Rashard Lewis, Mahmoud, Larry Sanders, man. Come on, break it down, man. Um, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I love the big three, but y'all almost lost me in the beginning. Oh, man. Almost. And I'm going to say why. First game we in Detroit. And, you know, that's when y'all first added more people to the team, so only five people can dress. Oh, Yeah. So GP hit me before the game, Gary Payton, and was like, yo, I'm going to dress Trey Simmons, and I'm not going to dress you. Ooh. I'm like, no disrespect to Trey, but like, Trey Simmons, Mario Chalmers, what name is going to be bigger? But I understand that y'all are like family. Cool. Whatever, whoop-de-whoop, whatever. I'm in Detroit. My girl from Detroit, so I'm going to hang out with family. I ain't. I ain't. Mm-hmm. So y'all almost lost me. Hey. Next week, <laughs> that next week we played Brandon Rush. You know, that's one of my best friends. So it's right, kind of, right. All right. All right. I'll be back. Here I come. I'll be on this one. And then being able to play and just seeing how seeing how much fun we was able to have and just the camaraderie of the guys, like it's like a real vet league, you know, like mm-hmm. being around most of my career, I've been around vets. So I would see vets competing practice, F you that, mother F that, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> After practice, yo, what's up? You want to go get lunch? You want to go do that? Oh, okay, cool. So it was like, once I got to the big three, I already knew, like, Steven Jackson. I knew him. Joe, I knew all mm-hmm. of them. I competed with these guys. But for me, this is personal. Like, you guys were superstars. Y'all was able to do what y'all do. I had the big three. Mm-hmm. I, I, was a, I, was, I was a complimentary player. Mm-hmm. Now I'm about to have the ball, and I can show y'all that, oh, yeah, I can go. I was really in the league for a reason. So, right. like, it was more it was more than just that so that's why i loved it i had fun and you see me every game i was i was trying to go i already know and i'm gonna tell you one of my favorite moments was when uh we played in kansas you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying and uh i was like my first time there and i got to see the love that you really got uh playing there drew gooden being another rock chalk guy um they showed you major love when they announced your name man um, and, and that's when I was like, okay, man, this dude really got real, real love out here, man. And, and you put on a show. Um, so I just appreciate you being a part of it. You know, we want you to come back and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. There. I told you I'm in there. I'm <laughs> cool. We need quick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you get back. You got to get your four pointers. You got to work on your four pointers, man. We I've already see. been working on them. Call me oh, Logo yeah. Rio. I've been working on them. I'm every day <laughs> practice. I work on my uh, my three hundred three games. So hey. you and said I'm, Logo Rio? Is that what you said? Oh, okay, we gonna roll with that. Back, four pointers. That's what I'm doing. All right. So you know, the last part is kind of like a fill in the blank, man. You know, I don't want to take too much more of your time. 
Um, when sizing up my defender, I look at what you look at when you, you got the ball, ISO time. What you looking at? I look, I look at his feet and his eyes. Mm. And why I look at his eyes to see, see if he's ready for this moment or is he thinking, is he thinking I'm at a disadvantage? Mm. Gotcha. So those are the two things I look at. That's major. Um, what's your best go-to move and why? Ooh, you trying to get me to tell my secrets. Yeah, you know, we got to know, man. Three coming up, man. You know they gonna be sitting on my move, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine's gotta be the right to left step back, right to left crossover step back. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the one I perfected the most. Mm, so you do that. I was gonna ask what the counter is, but I think I know what it is. A little oh, you hezzy. Know you know what the counter is. You know what the counter is. <laughs> one or two things I can do off that. It's either hezzy or is other, another step back. <laughs> yep, yep, I'm already on the double joint. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, if you could add something to your bag, what would it be? <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but. Uh, I want a consistent left-hand jumper. Ooh. Nate, wow. Nate Rob had the audacity to shoot a left-hand jumper in the big three. And I, I was like, yo, what you doing? He's like, man, I work on that. It wasn't yeah. ugly, though. It didn't look like broke. He just but barely he, missed it. I want, I want the Steph Curry in the left hand and the Mario Trumas on the right hand. Ooh, <laughs> that's cold. Okay. Yeah, that's what I want. Okay. Um, let's see. Now we're going to go to another thing. What's the best go-to move of all time? And it really come down to two. I think it's the sky hook and the fadeaway. <laughs> yeah, it's got, I, I'm going to MJ fadeaway. Fadeaway. Man, I, everybody wants to roll with the fadeaway. Okay, it's cool. That's our era, though. Yeah, but no, but I'm a guard. I'm not jump hooking over too many people. That's why. That's no, why I I'm feel you. Yeah. I feel you. So, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Everybody, it's, it's not an opinion. You know, I grew up Laker era. You know what I'm saying? You're different. You're different. <laughs> you're different. You're really There's not a wrong answer. answer. There's no wrong answer. There's no wrong answer. Um, what was your career high in any level? High school, college? 60 in AAU. Mm, tough. Yeah. Tough. Um, matter of fact, you hit 10 threes in the game. I meant to say something about that. You hit 10 threes in the game. NBA game. Sacktown. You know. Ooh, okay. Uh, what was your favorite play call? Like, you know, they they call this play for you. What what was the what was the play? Uh, thumb down. It was either thumb down or. Uh, oh yeah. Or the play where we took we stole it from Boston is where Kendrick Perkins and, and KG used to meet at the free throw line, lock arms, and come up and set that little hug and double screen. Oh, that, that play and, and thumb down the high pick and roll. Those are my two favorite plays. Oh yeah, high pick and roll. Okay, um, blank bought brought the best out of me. It could be anything. It could be somebody you play against. It could be a coach. Uh, 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 anything you know. What brought the best out of you? Like you, you saw it on, either on the calendar or. Um. <laughs> Could be a teammate. That's tough. Just because, like, 
before Bron got there, it was always Bron and CP. Those are the two people I always want to play against. You know, mm. you know how much CP is. CP was a mentor for me. For sure. New Orleans, all that. So every time I play against CP, that was the guy like, yeah, I got to get the best of this matchup. And yeah. I, some of them I won, some of them I didn't. So, hey. Facts. Facts. <laughs> I, got, I got two more. I'm going to get you out of here. Because this right. is all about buckets, right? Allen Iverson crossover or the snatchback? Who snaps back? James Harden snaps back? Hey, yeah, let's go, James. What's give me AI crossover? Ooh, okay, okay, okay. These ain't easy. These are not easy. Okay, last one. Floater or Euro step? Oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a flotation device guy. I know. <laughs> I gotta get the floater. I gotta get the floater. That's that's me. I'm right, floater. right, right. Thanks, man. Well, look, Rio, I appreciate your time, man. Um, it's been a pleasure kind of getting this information, man. We're going to wrap again soon, you know. Um, oh, yes. Looking forward to you in the big three. Um, and, man, I just wish you the best out there, man. A lot of people be struggling out there overseas, man. You look like you holding up, you know, you shaved up. You don't have to. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I found, a, uh, I found a little African lady to twist my hair, so I'm good like You're that. you good. Okay. I'm a little barber, so I'm okay out here. That's what's American up. Out here. That's what's up, man. Hey, it's a wrap. Buckets and breakdowns. Coach Thomas Scott, champion. Mario Chalmers, multi-champion. My guy. And we signing out. Peace to the next Peace. episode. My guy. <laughs> yeah.